Shaylin Foster and welcome to another episode of Interior Motives. Today I'll be talking to my sister friends Pam Ross and Cassandra Slate about the complexities of our 33-year friendship. So take a moment, relax, grab a cup of coffee or some tea, and let's talk. Hey, friends, how are you doing? Doing well. Hey, hey good to hear you. <laughs> it's so great to have you guys join me on this episode. I was inspired to do this episode after I read the book, Big Friendship by Anne Friedman and Amina Tussaud. In that book, they talk about the complexities of a long-term friendship. A lot of things, a lot of concepts, a lot of ideas that I had never thought about as it relates to friendship. And I thought it would be great to have my two BFFs and sister friends who I've been friends with for 33 years, just mm-hmm. about um, to share and, and talk about our journey as it relates to our friendship. So why don't you both take this opportunity to introduce yourself and kind of who you are, what you do, and your Thought, thoughts about friendship. Okay, Pam, you go first. <laughs> <laughs> well, that really spurs my, my first thought about friendship. <laughs> Just how, uh, how natural we are together. Um, I am Pamela Ross, and I my profession is in early childhood education. I'm a teacher as well as an ed coordinator. And I I just really love what I do. I love young children. I've been doing this for almost 30 years now in various capacities. And God has been awesome in my life and in the work that I do. I have a tremendous passion, I suppose you would say, for educating young children and working with their families and providing for their needs in any way that I can. So that is what I do. Um, Cheryl, I'm not sure if we, how much you want us to give here for this first podcast, but I'm happy to be. (laughs) (laughs) Cassand, you want to take it from there? All right. I'm Cassandra Slade. I'm originally from Oklahoma, so I always get some interesting comments about being from Oklahoma, Not people not realizing that Black people lived in Oklahoma. I'm always, <laughs> you know, cracking up about that one. But uh, now I work in the banking world. I'm a senior vice president in our community, what we call our community impact area, but it's our area of the bank that works with our external partnerships. And I have been working specifically in partnerships that um, work in lower income geographies and communities and with lower income people for the last 25 years in various forms. I'm very blessed, fortunate, because uh, it's not where I started my career, but it's where the Lord intended me to be because he opened every door that I've walked through. Here I am, and I'm grateful and thankful to be able to um, help on a a whole lot of um, partnerships from 
affordable housing and economic development, community development. So all kinds of things I'm very passionate about. And I it just so happy that I'm blessed to have that as my career. And uh, been the proud friend of Pam and Cheryl for 30 plus years. And they have just been a tremendous blessing, continue to be to my life. We, we've been put together as friends for a reason all these years. So I'm excited to, to join you guys today. Very excited. Yay. How has it been, you know, the last six months kind of dealing with COVID and just everything that's happening in the world with racial injustices? I know it's been just a huge adjustment for us all, but how has it been for you guys? Mm, It's been a lot. (laughs) I can say that, but I do know that in the midst of everything that's been so much, I have to say that God has been absolutely present and awesome and guiding through every step of it. I have experienced the loss of several people, family, friends, church members to this horrible pandemic. Um, And many others who I know have been sick. It has been, you know, there've been moments of depression, anxiety, all, all that naturally goes with this type of situation. At the same time, um, I have chosen to try to embrace peace and expectancy and rest in God's care through it all. And just be more mindful of my relationships, my family relationships, my friendships, the work that I do in terms of just how I can best nurture the families who are so nervous and upset and and thrown off, not on their usual schedules or courses and their children having to be at home and be taught from home. So those have been some of the challenges, tremendous challenges and tremendous blessings at the same time. I agree. It's been some challenging times with so much happening. And I think that I had two adult children, young adults rather than came back college in March obviously unexpectedly it was the week before their spring break and I remember saying hey why don't you guys bring just some extra clothes in case they um, (laughs) have your spring break a little longer this time because all this stuff is going on and then a day or two later I got a call and they said hey they're you know losing the campus like you have to come pick us up we were really shocked by that and I just think it really started you know that was probably the the moment where I thought oh we, we might be in this for a, a minute. Just trying to think about the different routines once they came home. They had never been through anything like this before. I had never been through anything like this before. And so I just remember thinking to the extent I could to try to help them navigate through it. But at the same time, I'm navigating. So it's like, you know what? I think we're just going to have to go through this together. together. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's no mm-hmm. rules here on this yeah. one. Right. I, I appreciate you know, past time is about really, you know, just coming together and 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 um, as as uh, spiritual people thinking about you know how we can use opportunity to grow and develop. So it's it's taken activeness. You know, you can't be I, I could not be passive during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, developing some specific routines because I then became working from home full time, and so they're home from full time. My husband's, you know, home. Mm-hmm. So we had to find different spaces in the house for people to work and have some sense of privacy. So yeah, we were in the moment becoming adjusted to this. And then um, I know we'll get into that a little bit um, later 
Uh, but then with some of the civil unrest and the racial unrest on top of this, that was that's been a, a bit challenging. I remember news people would say um, as they would end their newscast, hey, we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Mm-hmm. And then when they showed the George Floyd, you know, what happened to him, mm-hmm. it it something just clicked in my head and I was like, you know, I, I really don't think we're all in this together because I this, this person is looking a lot like me. It doesn't look like you. I don't think we're all in this together. Right. And just trying to process through through that nuance of already a very challenging pandemic environment. So a lot. It's been definitely <clears throat> a lot to process, a lot to reckon. And I, I, you're right. <laughs> We're all going through this together. This is definitely something that is new for all of us. I haven't seen anything like this in my lifetime. And so it's just been interesting. It's just been interesting, just kind of, as you said, when you talk about your young adults and Pam, I know you have a daughter that's 20, Mm -hmm. just kind of watching our kids, our young adults process this this period of, of time in their lives in in the world. It's it's been interesting. So let's let's go back. Let's go back uh, to our beginnings when we became friendly. <laughs> let's talk about that period of time. Um, it's been almost 33 years. Uh, we met in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and actually under the in the context of, of church church and faith. So what was that time like for you? Let's talk about first impressions of each other. (laughs) (laughs) I think that brings a laugh uh, from all of us. Um, First impressions, Lord have mercy. So I was, I believe, about 19 years old when I met you, Cheryl. Mm -hmm. Is that accurate? Yeah. Uh, I'd already met Cassandra Prior to that, when I became a member of the same church that she attended, um, when I was a younger teenager, I'm going to start with my first impression of Cheryl. (laughs) (laughs) My first impression, and this is the honest truth, was that, wow, she just looks so cool and, you know, like down for the calls kind of a person. (laughs) She just had a real strong uh, I know who I am as a black girl vibe going on, I guess you might say. And I I, pay, I got that from everything from the haircut to the way you were dressed and everything else. And I wanted to become friends with Cheryl. That was my first impression. Now, my second impression that followed relatively quickly thereafter was she don't like me. And uh, <laughs> we may not... Uh, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> be the instantaneous friends I thought we were going to be. You know, I said I would be honest. That was the first impression that I was impressed, but did not get the impression that she was quite as impressed with me at that moment. Cassandra, that was a an evolving uh, situation. Um, it started off as someone who I just knew from church, but at some point over the years, I Cassandra, I can't remember when the. The big change happened if it was just one conversation where we clicked or something. But after having seen Cassandra for quite some time and being having been aware of her presence at church and relatively friendly is what I remember, um, something changed, I think, as I was getting older and we were becoming more 
in my opinion, more independent in our choices regarding who we would spend our time with at church and who would not. And something evolved there. And I just had a clicking time with Cassandra and it took off from there. Um, those were the initial intros, I think, to both relationships for me. Yeah, I think I was thinking about that, Pam. And I think I, I agree with you. I'm not sure because I knew your uh, brothers initially. And so I, I think I found out that they had, you know, a sister. And I was like, oh, really? Oh, wow. You know, and I then I put two and two. You were the sister. I, I think you're right with <clears throat> some of the things that we just kind of did together and uh, spend more time with one another. We started having these commonalities. And I remember with, with Cheryl, I think if I remember right, I knew, you, well, I've known your husband a long time from when we were both, um, I again, where I say I was from Oklahoma, he had relatives in Oklahoma. And so before I even moved to Wisconsin, I knew him. And so when I got there and saw him, I was like, oh my goodness, I, this is someone I knew from Oklahoma. Uh, at church again, all in in the same environment. So then I I uh, remember that you know you and he had started dating, and we we still didn't know each other even though we were at college. We went to the same college, um, same university together, but I I didn't know you from there. But then I met you through him, and I remember I knew Pam, and so Pam was like, "Oh yeah, Cheryl's really cool. You know, you ought to get to know her." And I was like, "Oh really? You know, I know, you know I've seen her, but I." really didn't know her. She's like, yeah, yeah. She's like, really, you know, cool. And I was like, okay. She got the Pam stamp of approval. I'm good. <laughs> so, cause I, we had started, you know, knowing enough about one another that there was a good person. I was like, okay, now let's go with it. And turned out, yeah, 100%. And so even though that's how, you know, I, I met you and, and had known Again, your husband for a, a long, long time. I would no doubt say, you know, you, you and I jumped on that girlfriend wagon and ride or dive since since then. You know, lots of great, cool experiences, and I'm sure we're going to get into that as we go. But yeah. you had, uh, you know, got married, and you've always been generous with sharing your experience, and so that's you know always been appreciated as well. Well, I would say, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all. I would say my first impression of Pam was, <laughs> I felt that Pam, you were just so effervescent and, and bubbly. And my thought was, is she really this way? Or <laughs> is, this, is this an act? You know, I wasn't sure. And then I got thrown off by all the pastels. You remember the pastels? <laughs> <laughs> little, little did I know that you were working as a dental assistant at the time. And that was a part of mm -hmm. the aesthetic at the dental office. Mm -hmm. But I, yeah, it, it, it took us some time to to really connect. But once we connected, it was, it just kind of jumped off from there. I definitely felt that you were my first genuine friend in the, in that particular faith-based space, um, so to speak. We just kind of, once we clicked, we were, we were in. And of course we were bonding over some other situations and relationships. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... <laughs> Which, that's which a whole, that's a whole other conversation. 
the early a whole 20s. different, a whole, yeah, whole different podcast, a whole different podcast. Um, if you don't mind me jumping in to say, you know, that, yes, it, it's amazing as I look back on, on that whole time period and our first impressions and what we can come to the table thinking, but not knowing. And I'm so glad that we both were of a frame of mind to move past um, the things we did not know to really find out the truth about each other. It's been one of the greatest blessings of my life, um, having you as friend. And when you say we, once we jumped off, we jumped off. Once, once I stopped thinking that you were the, you were the cool girl that I just wanted to be <laughs> with, <laughs> so bad to maybe raise my cool, my cool quotient myself. And and once you realized I was not little Sally Walker in my pastels. <laughs> and we got to know each other. I think there was just a, a super natural, naturally flowing kinship that evolved, especially because of the time period we were in in our lives. Absolutely. And that has been a wonderful thing. Absolutely. And Cassandra has, again, I have to say again, Cassandra, I just, I don't remember when the click happened, but when it happened, it was, it was just permanent. It was so strong and special and easy and uh, just, just been a tremendous blessing. Something that whole time period, I look back on with such appreciation and joy and gratitude to God for giving both of you to me. Yeah. And I think that I, I agree. I, I like, and agree with what you said about you know we we just don't know people and we've talked through the years about other people that we've met and I I, I keyed in on that certain time of our life you know we were all single mm-hmm. you know uh, we were living single literally yeah. <laughs> so um, sharing those experiences but being willing to look past what our perceptions were being much more willing um, and I'm, I'm I think sometimes now that's changed when people are developing friendships because, you know, sometimes it was, it was like, well, you know, this is what I've observed or I've seen this person or what, and you really, you, this is just what you've seen, observe, but you never take the time to really get to know that person. And if you spend any time with people, I mean, you know, maybe you can be friends, maybe you can't, but you want to know unless you're actually able to spend some time and get past your, you know, get out of your own way and see if there's something there that could be a friendship. But I, I'm, I agree. I'm so thankful um, we got our, out of our ways and just said, okay, let's let's roll and see how this goes. And that's not been that's not mean that oh, you know, we just perfect little whole hand friends. You know, we've had our challenges. Yes, Lord. But the mark of true friendship is the the comeback. Yes, the comeback. absolutely. You said yes. However, Cassandra, I haven't given you uh, my impression of you. <laughs> Okay. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. No, just no, remember, no. I loved you already, Cassandra. <laughs> I loved you already. No, I mean, I think that my impression, my initial impression of you, and I was coming in, you know, as an outsider to the choir scene at the time. And I remember you kind of doing something, you know, me being a highly sensitive empath, doing something with your facials. And I was and, and laughing, you know, with your then group of friends. Oh boy. <laughs> yes. The click, the infamous click. <laughs> and so I really thought, I just, you know, I just didn't think, I never thought that you and I would would end up being friends. I just kind of felt like you were someone that didn't 
let the new person in too easily that a person coming in that environment was going to be kind of judged, kind of looked over, assessed. I didn't I didn't really anticipate that we would be authentic friends. And honestly, our friendship I felt didn't really um crystallize until you made a visit up to Madison and spent the night. And I think that maybe I'm not even sure what the what the impetus for that visit was. But once we had one-on-one time to really get to know each other, that's when our friendship uh, began from my perspective. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, I definitely remember, you know, um, as I said, you were dating your, your husband at Mm -hmm. the time you would come to choir rehearsal. And of course you have this like amazing voice. And so we were like, Ooh, you know, like, Mm -hmm. okay. All right. All right. But I, and I remember some kind of way we were downstairs that, and that was really early on too. And, and that probably was before Pam maybe said something. And I remember asking something in the kitchen or something we were eating or something. And I, I asked something and, um, and you said, oh no, it's not like, you know, it's not that at all or something. And, and I, and I remember thinking at the time, Oh, okay. Well, she, you know, she, she's a little closed, <laughs> you know. I can't, I, I can't even remember what what it was, but you're like, you know, kind of like shut that down. No, it's not that at all. You know, and I was like, oh, okay, you know, that's okay. And I hands up. All right, we're good. And so, yeah, I I would say, you know, we we kind of in the same space, and it's like, you know, you know, it's like, no, you know, she can do this, she can sing this, and this kind of thing. And so, um, you know, that was all coming along. But you're right. I I remember we did come up night and um you know with some genuine conversations there and I and then I thought that's not at all because I kind of thought that you you know had a persona as well <clears throat> and um I I remember like oh wow no she you know she's really cool it, I, it's just the way it's probably my approach because I know I can be uh the way I can be <laughs> and so that sometimes you know can be uh, misread uh, when someone may initially meet me so yeah, I, I I would agree. We you know we were we, we were in the same space. We never had you know beef with each other or anything. But definitely, once I came to to Madison for whatever that was, and we were like, oh, we're spending the night, and it was like, oh wow, no, this was really fun. I really enjoyed this, you know, and, and mm-hmm. you know the the, the uh, switch flipped. Um, yeah, you guys mind me sharing something on uh, just it, Cheryl? I have to say, when I was listening just now to you and Cassandra, us. Uh, Seen from a different world came to my mind, um, which I'm sure will also be a podcast. But I, yeah, I liken you unto uh, the Jada Pinkett character. For some reason, when she first came uh, on the scene it, at the college, just it, there is something about that character that reminds me of you. And what's so ironic about that is that this. This was a character who came from a really hardcore place in life, the, the hood and whatnot. And Cheryl, I promise you, until <laughs> I, you, I, I I would have never guessed that you that you were a suburban. Uh, you know, just that whole that whole uh, aspect of life that I wasn't familiar with as a, as a hood girl. I think that um, you probably did not look Probably. like where we both came from. 
I was thinking, ooh, she, she, ooh, she hard. She hard. <laughs> from the hood like me. And you're looking at me in my pastels wondering what in the world. <laughs> My wardrobe consisted of olive green and black. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, when I think about Cassandra, who was, you know, just a polished, in my opinion, polished and had at, at that time, you'd probably, you had, had you already graduated, I think, from not the university? Don't remember. Not I, I don't remember oh, if you had yet. or not. Oh, okay. But there was just a different level of maturity that Cassandra put out out for me at that time, you know, after, uh, which we'll talk about another time, the the year of clicks. Um. Speaking speaking of a a different world, and and you are right, I mean, I I think I've always identified on some strange level with Jada Jada (laughs) and Lena, um, you know, the the friend in my head, so to speak. What was our obsession with a different world? Like, we were obsessed. (laughs) And I think that it was, for me, it was just a refreshing time to see young Black folks in, you know, at an HBCU at that time, it just felt like I was seeing my life on screen. It was just, I mean, I guess that's why it resonated so hard with me. What about y'all? Oh, wow. Cassandra, you, you go with that one first. Well, I I, uh, I did, I liked it for that reason too. I think, as you said, it was a time when uh, people that, you know, kind of were portrayed as us at that time in life, they were friends, they were getting together and it was just like, okay, this, this is good. I mean, we, you know, I, I wasn't familiar with being, you know, people, uh, black people that look like me, you know, in college and, and you know, portrayed mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff like that. So it was like, oh, this is really cool. Yeah. You know, that we're, I'm, you know, I'm normal. It normalized me. Mm-hmm. I felt like it normalized me just to kind of see that and the love interest that they had. And, um, you know, they were just there supporting one another and that was, it gave me warm feelings to, you know, see them go through, quote, these, you know, everyday scenarios and, and be, you know, come out winning with mm-hmm. one another. So I, I, I liked it. Yeah, that was, that's a great way to describe it. I believe it gave me something to identify with and aspire mm-hmm. to yeah. at the Ooh. same time. So it was, yeah. it was present in my life, but it also reached into what I could do in terms of possibility, especially with where I had come from. I didn't mention that before. I I also am from Wisconsin originally, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and just their depiction of of possibility, of presence and possibility meant so much to me. It was funny. It was, it it felt real. As Cassandra stated, the, the love interest, the romantic parts, it had a little bit of everything. It was funny. And they were really tackling some real, you know, socially conscious mm-hmm. issues. They, they really you were. Know, they re- really were. Later on. Yeah. To, yeah, you know, race relationships and uh, apartheid and mm-hmm. AIDS and um, just some... some Abuse. Um, abuse, absolutely. Some things that, you know, folks were afraid to address, you know, back then. And so it was just really kind of a cutting edge, progressive depiction of, of, of Black folks really trying to um, make a difference in a different way. So yeah, it was great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yes. I miss those times. I miss those times. Yeah. That's interesting, Cheryl. I wonder, I'm not as familiar with what's out there in terms of what young adults are viewing right now, but I wonder if there's anything they have like what we had back then, you know, with the Cosby show and with a different world where that time is just past or there's something else emerging. I, I really don't know. Do you guys know? I mean, I think there's other there's other shows that um, young folks are watching, but but not you know that may have a diverse cast. But I think there's there was nothing quite like a different world. Just, I, I I haven't seen anything. I haven't heard of anything. A different world definitely was in a class all by itself. Yeah, well, I, I would agree with that. Um, there's there is the. You said just in general, you know, since it's not uh, this is a general show, but I, um, my young adults, one one uh, watches Grownish pretty strongly, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like the that's, that's, college age. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've heard good things about now, that. It's, yeah, it, it's decent, but it's a little edgy. I mean, you know, it's it, it's and some of the scenarios, of course. Now this is right. I, I'm not that age. And <laughs> when I was in different watching the age and watching different world, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, I, I know what that is. You know, now even for them, it seems like, oh wow, really is that? You know, and and now I wonder if, um, like a different world, I felt like it was a very equal kind of thing. Yeah, it's kind of what I was living, and it was kind of what they were portraying. And on that particular show, I think it's what they're portraying, but it's not necessarily what young. People, young adults are are living, you know, mm-hmm. and so I wonder sometimes that they, you know, the shows now try to are they more like, you know, trying to set the tone and like, you know, because you're kind of saying aspirational too, mm-hmm. and I agree with you in terms of different world where it's like, hey, we're all at college, we're all supporting each other, and now, so, you know, I guess there's real these are real scenarios in in Grownish that come up, but the the affinity that I. I remember and heard uh, uh, related to a different world. I have not heard about any, uh, you know, show now. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's how I would say it, you know. And I think you have to, in in thinking of the context of the, the cultural and societal landscape at that time, I think that it's easy now for shows to be more provocative, to be more edgy, because that's, that's the landscape that we're living in, you know, with social media, et cetera, et cetera. But for the time, you know, in the late 80s, a different world was 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 doing a thing. You know, it was definitely bringing some some different uh, things to light. So let's talk about just in general. Did you think, first of all, did y'all think that we would still be friends to this day? I did. Yeah, I did, too. I, I definitely didn't yeah. think at the time at all. Oh, I'm friends with him now, but I'm probably never going to see him again. But, you know, I, <laughs> I, mean, I because, never, ever thought that. But think about it. I mean, we talk about this whole notion of friends for a reason, season, and a lifetime. Mm-hmm. But do we really, do we really kind of intrinsically know that, okay, this person, they're going to be around. They're going to be around for what, for forever, really, essentially. Hmm. Is it just a no well, thing? I, I would say, no. I, I was thinking, I was like, no, I, I remember, I don't know if it was 30, but it was probably good 25 years ago. I was like, oh no, we'll be around for the long haul because Pam's already planned her funeral. So I guess I took it from there. Wait. So, 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 so that's just me. 
That's why I we readily had, said I did. <laughs> you know, we, are, we had many roles in Pam's And you so still I do. <laughs> she, you know, Pam, you have always been the kind of morbid person of the bunch, the morbid one I, of the bunch. I don't know why it's considered morbid. That's I, all confused me i don't know why planning generally, <laughs> wait generally in your 20s you're not like talking about okay at my funeral i want you to sing xyz I think it was oh you wanted us to sing uh, a duet count on me was that yes was that the song yes. that was one of them oh um, the, the people singing have not changed the songs have evolved over the years depending on where i'm at at the stage that i'm planning the funeral um, so the songs may be different, but the singers remain the same. So, uh, yes, it was count on me at the time. I believe it was count on. Me. Yes, it was. Or it was the or it was the Golden Girls theme. <laughs> Thank you for being a friend. It, that was also probably included. But oh, still, I don't understand why that was considered morbid. I am sure I am glad Cassandra mentioned it because you're right, Cassandra. You are absolutely right. In my mind, there wasn't any reason why we should no longer be friends when we were in our 50s, 60s, or 70s, whatever. I just thought that that was a permanent thing. No matter how that changed grew or what we had to go through, I just felt like that was going to remain. I don't know if I even thought about it. I think it was just kind of a, a knowing that y'all would be around. So, so let's talk about frustrations you know, or annoyances, um, as well as the qualities that we love about each other. The what that we love about each other? Quality, you know. Oh, oh, okay, got things, it. Okay. Things that may annoy us about each other, but yet things that we love about each other. And for some reason, I'm annoyed with that question. That's one of the <laughs> <laughs> That's one of the things that annoys me about you, I'm sure. <laughs> if you want to delve into that. But I love it at the same time. It's an annoying yet uh, a wonderful quote. <laughs> like, why are you going to talk about that on this podcast? You know, it's <laughs> but it's real talk and it's important. It really is. I think that I'm going to, you know, on the heels of us talking about expectations, one of the things that I'm going to identify as annoying about myself is having expectations of things lasting for forever without necessarily making the investment to make sure that they do. Sometimes over the years, I've experienced with both of you a big question mark over like, is Pam, is Pam really, is she really still my friend? How, how is it that she can go for months at a time and then get on the phone and be like, nothing happened? I do. I think that's something that's annoying about myself. It's something I find annoying about myself that I'm trying to, I'm, I'm still in the process of changing as I get older and wiser and all of that. But I do think that um, just those kinds of things, uh, having expectations without making the level of investment that needs to be made, taking taking you all for granted, really, because I do love you so much. And I just feel like nothing is going to change that. So anything can be worked through. Anything is something that I think is both a good thing, but yet a bad thing. And I think I'm putting that out there because I, I think that's something that annoys you both about me. So you're telling us what annoys you. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that may be annoying too. <laughs> that is. That is. that is. I mean, I think that obviously you've, you've, you've grown and gotten better with 
communication consistency over the over the years. I think that that I think and I could be wrong. Correct me, Cassandra. I think I was able to kind of deal with that aspect of Pam a little bit more so than you. Because I think I remember there was a time where her lack of consistency really caused you to question some things. Do you remember that time? It was a period of time. I think so. Um, I kind of think what Pam said is that at the time, so even as she's kind of figuring out why that might be, of course, you know, in the friendship, I'm thinking why well, could be too, you know, it's not, I'm on the other side of it, you know, and, um, but yeah, I definitely remember that and, and not talking through it, I guess, too, you know, so, so, you know, it's like, oh yeah, but this is, this is happening and it's happening because of this, because then, you know, that made some sense. So, you know, it was some time like, hmm, I'm not sure why this is happening. I don't know if I have the, you know, reasoning or whatever behind it. But uh, yeah, that's interesting that that, that Pam said she had that she was, you know, still it's something that she acknowledges, acknowledged, uh, acknowledges and uh, is committing to do some work around. Yeah, I think I think our personality traits or disposition has something to do with it, because me being more of an introvert, Pam, you being kind of a extroverted introvert. <laughs> and then then the Cassandra being the more of the extrovert. And mm-hmm. so dealing with kind of shutdowns and, you know, periods of time where there wasn't necessarily as regular communication, I could deal with it more just because of, you know, my disposition as it relates to my personality. But I think it, I think for you, Cassandra, there was more of an expectation for, okay, there, there needs to be a level of consistency with that. That it was, I think I, I said, try to, you know, verbalize it early in terms of just knowing, right? And and uh, kind of knowing, but then I think at the time I remember Pam had, you know, it still does with her role with her uh, family, a very demanding uh, life and a lot of people um, demanding time. I've never really, and I don't have other any friends that are, you know, married and supporting their husband and their um, vocation like that. And so then it made me, you know, think, wow, yeah, that is, that, I mean, that's, that's got to be a different life. And so I just kind of thought through it and made some peace around it because I tried to see it more from her perspective than just me, 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 and mine. And, and I think that that was, that was a game changer as well. Very helpful to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there has, obviously in friendships, there has to be grace, but you know, when you're in the moment, because I remember those moments when you talked about it or in just any other moments that we where we were struggling, while we were in the moment, the emotions, the emotions were present. You know, there was kind of a depth in feeling some kind of way or feeling hurt that uh, we weren't showing up in the way that we needed to. Yeah, I you know, and I think that, you know, I'm I'm glad that we're all in it acknowledge our humanity because if we didn't then we'd just be little robot friends and that wouldn't be very very helpful so uh yeah we you know humans and have real feelings so I don't know you know if I portray myself I'm not human and don't have real feelings but that was that was a wrong impression well and 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 speaking of that and speaking of that Cassandra I mean I think that that was 
one of the things that I saw in you is that you, you know, you were a little bit more guarded with the expression of your emotions. Is that, would you say that that's the case? What does that mean? I don't know what that means. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, you, Sandra, it's another annoying thing about her. (laughs) Put on the list. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm just messing with you. I mean, you were just more guarded. You know, you weren't necessarily going to be the one that, that, you know, starts the conversation and goes all in, in terms of, I feel this way, or when you did this, I felt this way. I mean, it's just, it just was historically how you kind of showed up. I just think that there were more layers to, to peel back in terms of getting to that place. I think as, as we've aged and evolved, I, th- I see more of your emotions kind of more on display, but at that time, not so much. Yeah, I, I do remember um, feeling, you know, a little ganged up on by you and Pam related <laughs> to that. Because I, I think emotions, you know, people show emotion differently. True. And yeah, so I don't know that I was ever, you know, it, it always seemed like I was coming short, <laughs> falling short. And I was like, I do show emotion. I mean, like, what, what, do, what are y'all looking for? You know? <laughs> I'm like, I, so I, that has That's always good. been, yeah, yeah, you know. Can I, can yeah. I please piggyback off of what you just said? Yeah. I think as I'm listening, um, what strikes me are, 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 are words, what's, what's coming to my mind, words like acceptance and time and maturity and difference. And no, you didn't have to be weeping and crying every time Cheryl and I were weeping and crying. <laughs> same um, expression of emotion. I believe all of the emotions were there, but, you know, I I think even, even today in some ways as I'm listening to us and thinking about some things of the past, I, you know, Cassandra is still more, maybe more contained in that sense, but that's not, whereas when we were young, I think we considered that to be a difference that somehow meant something that it didn't mean. Right. So, Absolutely. And, and and with time and maturity, you you there there should come acceptance. Absolutely. And um, part of the reason why we were able to get over the hump of disconnect over the years with Cassandra and I was because Cassandra did show me that word that you just used, an active relationship, and that was grace. So now, if we go through um, months upon months, even if not talking, I know that when I hear her voice it's nothing has changed. You know, the trust level is still there. The ability to talk is still there, so on and so forth. Giving each other that kind of grace, and I'm reckoning that unto the grace of accepting that the way we express ourselves is different. And that is not only okay, that is essential to a healthy relationship. Absolutely. We need that, ba- we need that balance. We need the balance. We, we need, need the balance. balance. <laughs> and Cheryl, no, come on now. You know, if Cassandra at times had just been just as, as mushy as sometimes we were over some things, we would not have struck that balance. Yeah, you know, I agree. Um, I agree. Totally. You know, so totally. I have I have a different level of appreciation for each of you. I'm just joking and, you know, and um, being me when I say it, certain things are just annoying. But Cheryl, your analytical capability um, that is being expressed even now as we reflect upon things is something that at times can be both frustrating, but it is also a 
a wonderful aspect that is essential to the relationship that we have. And so I just see us as having evolved through time, through our own spiritual growth, absolutely, you know, our relationship with God, our individual relationships with God, and our acceptance of one another. And just, we've, we've all been through a lot. It's yeah. been a lot of years. Yeah. Well, we've been through a lot. Absolutely. We're still going through a lot. Yes. So <laughs> the stability of our, of our foundation and what we, what we have been able to build as a result is just amazing to me. And I'm thankful for it. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. So moving on, I just wanted to touch base on, we talked, you mentioned trust, Pam. You mentioned mm-hmm. trust as a part of the foundational piece of the relationship. What was your, what were, were both of your construct as it relates to friendships with women, other women, Black women friendships as it relates to trust, intimacy, comparison, competition, and unconditional acceptance? Like, what was your, you know, like, what, what did you grow up thinking about that? I, I'll definitely say I, I have two sisters and two brothers, but I have two sisters. And one, a, you know, a little older uh, than me, both are older than me, but one right next to me that's older. And so I, I think that helped me see friends from an early age because, you know, I was friends with my sister which has its own challenges because, you know, sometimes you're not seeing eye to eye, but, you know, in that friendship, you, you can't, I mean, you can walk away, but in general, it's like you're still going to be related at the end of the day. So I definitely think having sisters growing up um, and different, again, with one like not that older than me, but one a little older. So I always got these different perspectives and we necessarily didn't agree on everything. But as I said, the fact that there was the blood there, it's like, well, eventually you have to figure it out. Because within that, I I saw a lot of things that I saw in my uh, friendships outside of that. You know, we wouldn't talk to each other for a while or two of us would be ignoring the other one for a while <laughs> and then we would gang up and on the other one and, uh, and then oh this one is my favorite sister <laughs> so we we had a lot of that going on growing up and uh and so I you know a lot of um women friendships you know post that I saw in in uh those those formative years of navigating relationships with two blood friends that were sisters as well. Mm-hmm. And that's a good point. I mean, I, I never thought about it from the, the context of the fact that you did have, you know, your, your sisters and kind of how that dynamic plays out, you know, when you have two living in the household. So that, that definitely informs, you, you know, how you kind of move in friendships, so to speak, in terms of your history. So I, um, yeah, that's so interesting. It really is. Um, and it makes me think about the fact that I had no sisters. I have three brothers and I always wanted sisters. Um, my biggest influence for unconditional acceptance and female friendship was my mom. I saw her and her relationships and she had really great friendships. She she thrived in her friendship. She really appreciated the guidance, the companionship, the fun of being with other Black women. I mean, these were my family, my you know, my aunts, cousins, whatever. These were the type of, of Black women who, you know, talked loud, 
told him we're funny and we're there for each other and all of that. And that is what my mother really demonstrated to me. And she did all of her life. So that was my first impression of what it meant to have these um, strong female friendships. And it's something that I longed for. And so my expectation was usually very positive from the perspective of why would we not trust each other? I wasn't one who went into it with a lack of trust, but usually with trust. And then if you mess something up, then I would go through those feelings of betrayal or like something's wrong with this relationship and all that kind of thing. But I had an expectation that we as women, especially as black women, were born to bond. That's what I was taught. And that's what I expected out of my friendships. It probably lends itself to why I don't think that uh, once you've crossed a certain barrier and trust and communication and you, you have invested in each other over the years, it's just that that intimacy has been that has been achieved or reached, I don't really see why that has to change because of time or distance or how often you talk or don't talk. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, I could, I can definitely attest to you kind of come in a friendship and just kind of bring it, just bring that trust to the table and give the benefit of the doubt. Me, on the other hand, even though I, I mentioned about you, Cassandra, being guarded, um, my my background dealing with kind of uh, you know being in foster care and being adopted and having experiences that uh, left me feeling abandoned and so on and so forth. I had a different construct. You know, my construct was certainly you've got to prove yourself, <laughs> prove yourself for a long time, um, whatever that is in order for me to think about trusting you. I didn't realize how much baggage I had and how much I brought that, so much of that to the table until really our friendship. You know, I had, I really have over the years have had to do a deep dive and, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for our friendship, thankful to God that I've become a more open uh, individual over time and less guarded and, and more willing to give the benefit of the doubt, more willing to, if you hurt my feelings or if you do something that I see as a betrayal in that moment, and it could be something small. I'm definitely more willing to have grace and offer grace and not chalk it off, chalk the whole friendship off and be like, mm, I'm done. Because I think that my, my construct informed me in a way that you know, even prior to meeting you guys, there were, I had different friendships. However, kind of moving away and kind of going into my own thing and, you know, just kind of losing contact or communication was kind of a pattern for me, to be quite honest. I didn't really think about the um, importance of, okay, how do you maintain this friendship? How do you move this friendship forward? How do you um, stay committed and consistent to the friendship? It really wasn't until our friendship that that became something that I did with intentionality. Do you, do you think that we, you know, were we intentional about that? Because I had to, you be. know, uh, you, you, okay. 
Mm-hmm. For me, I had mm-hmm. to be. I had to be initially for the for many years, and then it just became a part of just something that was natural because you know I was fully vested. Well, and I think to to towards that as well. I was thinking about some of the things that can be divisive for friends, and, and one is men, and mm-hmm. we have always been supportive of that those, the men in our lives relationships. So, and, and supportive in that, you know, we never tried to date one another's person or something. So we didn't have that. We, we, that could be, when I hear that sometimes I'm like, wow, I I just have no experience with that, which is, you know, not a bad thing. I just don't have any experience with it. But when you're trying, you know, you find some commonality with women, between women, especially between black women. And then that, you know, you, you rely on that and you count on that. Mm-hmm. And then later on, you're, you know, like, wait, did I have to defend? So we've been very, I say to say, we've been very respectful in it because that just hasn't been a part of our story at all. So I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I don't even know how to really address it, but I do know that it can be, you know, something that does take relationships into a whole nother area. And by us intentionally just continuing to support one another and not have that a part of our story. I definitely think that we've been in a better place as a result of that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and a lot of jealousies. I think that's the other thing that can sometimes let women relationships is just, mm-hmm. you know, as you said, jealous. We, we kind of talked about that earlier. Jealousies of whatever, you know, their life, where they are in life, what they have, don't have, or anything like that. I can thankfully say we, I've never spent any of that t- kind of time with you all, with the two of you. And that is a blessing just in and of itself. Something's happening going on in our, our life. We're general, generally, genuinely happy for one another. You know, support like, oh wow, that is great. That you're doing this, you're going there, you're you got this or what have you. And I think that makes a big difference, a huge difference because. Yeah, and I, and I think that I think that we've been able to to really lean into that more. So with mm-hmm. age, you know when we were in our twenties, I'm not saying that we were. I I think that we were still supportive of each other, but I don't think we were fully able to express that until we got older. And that's just my perspective of it. I know, you know, when we talk about comparison culture and competition, I mean, there's so many layers to that. And sometimes we experience a feeling and we're not even sure at the moment that it may be that or there we're feeling some kind of other way about such and such. But um, one thing I will say is that when I was, you know, married and had a child and y'all were still single, that was a difficult period of time for me. And I'm not even sure whether I was comparing myself, so to speak. I just knew that my life was different. It looked different. It felt different because I had a family, I had responsibilities and y'all were still, y'all were still kicking it in Milwaukee and living your best life, going to beans and barley. Um, (laughs) And I was, you know, looking cute, still wearing your cute outfits. Whereas I was at home with a big t-shirt on and in jogging pants, taking care of a baby. So there were times, if I am honest, I felt somewhat left out of that mix. And it wasn't to say that I was unhappy being a mother because being a mother has been the greatest joy of my life. It really has. But 
but yeah, I, but at the same time, I can still say I kind of felt left out the mix, left out the fun, so to speak. I think, I think that um, we knew that to, to the extent that our development would allow us to understand it and deal with it. Being in your early 20s, uh, mid-20s, I guess, um, whatever we were getting to at that time, what I am so grateful for is that it was such a wonderful time of, of self-exploration and bonding and embracing our singlehood in a positive manner. Uh, you're right, Cheryl, Cassandra and I were still kicking it to Sunday brunches. <laughs> <She was like, laughs> <laughs> to the movie, you know, and like being out Saturday night with church stuff. And I, and now when I look back, I'm like, I wish I had all that energy that I had back then to do that amount of stuff. And I just don't, but I do think that our insensitivity was unintentional. I, uh, I put a lot of weight on uh, ages and stages of life and just not knowing what you don't know. And what I'm grateful for is that we didn't stay there, that we grew out of and into our stages of life by the grace of God with a greater awareness and a heightened sensitivity and greater empathy. And we're still on that trajectory. Um, I do have some regrets during that time. I think that the insensitivity to what you just couldn't do as a young mother, as a young married woman. Um, with the rest of us was just like, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess, I guess you can't go. I guess you can't do that. I guess you're not available. And I do believe that there was a, a, a high level of insensitivity. I can speak for myself when it came to just trying harder to step into that space and understand what you were going through. But there was also a lack of ability to do so to a great extent, just because of where I was at that point in life. And also how where you were was viewed. It was like you hit the goal, the goal for some of us early, Cheryl, you know, um, there was, I, I had a desire to be married and to have a baby and to be having that experience, even though in my immaturity, I didn't really understand what all of that would mean, but you had already accomplished that. And I think at times I just assumed that you were at a place that was so wonderful that, um, you know, we just, you know, we had to do what we were doing and and enjoy it to the best of our ability because we weren't there yet. That's what some of that was for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally, I totally understand, totally get it. It was just a different time in each of our lives. And, uh, you know, we showed up how we needed to show up for that time. So and what about like competition? What was your construct for competition in women friendship? I did not learn about competition amongst women um, through my through my family or my immediate circle. That was something that was actually a shocking, daunting thing to me as I experienced it out in the world. And I think my first real experiences with that happened in high school. Um, it's something that I have never ascribe to and still don't like. I am far more aware of it. I understand that it exists, that it is a real experience, but it is something that I think is um, destructive to healthy relationships with your fellow women, especially with Black women. I simply don't like it, and I do not want to live within that state. I 
much prefer to be, as Cassandra described before, happy for, a supportive of, affirming of. I don't need to find my place or understand who I am based on how I compare to somebody else. That's not who God created me to be. That's my construct on that. That's not how I was raised. And it's not something that I'm trying to raise my daughter with. It's just the opposite. Right, right, right. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. I I was going to say, I just, I agree with that. And um, I I still think that it's, you know, it's residual from uh, slave, slave history. Mm -hmm. Because if you see any other population of people, they, you know, it, it's a kind of a natural supportive piece. But, you know, in a time where we felt like we we have to show we're better or different or else we don't get the preferential treatment. And so but that that's not us naturally. When I look at, I have some, several friends that are from Africa. That's not how they relate there. I, I don't hear them talk about, oh yeah, we compete over here or anything. You know, they're all like, hey, come on, you can do this too. Yeah, because that, that's how... When you're culturally not separated, you know, that's just a natural piece. And so we've taken something that's in a natural habit from whatever, and and it it bears itself up because the natural piece would be like, hey, if you're winning, I'm winning. Let's, you know, let's go together. But the unnatural piece is like, no, we can't win at the same time. So it's us against me against you. And then that can really come through in some very hurtful ways very hurtful way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm with you when you win, we all win, you know, that's, Mm -hmm. that's how, that's how I genuinely feel when it comes to black women in general. I'm at, I'm in the fullness thereof at this stage and and age of my life in my beliefs about that. But even at the time, my construct, when it came to friendships and competition is that you know, I just, honestly, I just felt like I never, you know, I just always felt like this kind of regular girl, you know, average girl next door, so to speak. And I could never even view myself in, in terms of competition. You know what I mean? I was more so on the outside looking at everybody else. That's how, that was kind of my perspective. And so I just always felt like I'm, I'm genuinely happy for people. I'm genuinely, I think she's a, she's a dope chick over there. She's a, she's cool and she's beautiful or she's intelligent or she's this. If anything, it was more seeing others in all of their uniqueness and splendor. I, if there was something that I admired, I kind of wanted to lean into that. There was something that I felt like I needed to develop in me. I wanted to kind of get to know that person or look at how they kind of move through the world to be more like them in certain aspects. So that was kind of my... I I totally, yeah, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. I had um, at at work, I I was on a um, webinar and when a lady was presenting and I was, I listened to her story and it resonated with me, I, you know, some similarities. And I thought, oh, this is someone I want to talk to a little bit later. So I, I, you know, sent her a note like, hey, you know, can we chat? And, you know, I sent her a note time, we chatted and it was really good. And so I wasn't, you know, at all, you know, like, oh, I can't believe she got to do that. And I did. It was like, no, she did that. I'm thinking that might be a direction I want to go. Let me, you know, she's willing. We, you know, spend some time with her chatting and, find, you know, finding out. Her, her story but it wasn't like oh you know I, I can't stand her I can't believe she did that and I right, you know right. kind of thing it's like wait what and so I I love those opportunities because like you said it's like 
I want to be better. You know, I, I told you all, like, I went through a little bit of an evolution. I'm like, okay, I'm on Cassandra 2.0 now. But Cassandra 2.0, I got to be thinking and moving a little differently. And so I'm looking around and thinking, who else, you know, do I admire this moving differently? How they, you know, transition different periods in their life? And then what can I take from that? But that's a totally different approach than, you know, I don't like that person because basically they did the hard work, achieved something, and then um, I'm going to spend some time hating on them or something or, you know, trying to make their life miserable. And it's like, that's not cool at all. Well, I think we all understand why the Bible itself speaks about jealousy and all that as being such a deadly, awful thing. Because that's true. It just tears us apart. It keeps us from being able to not only celebrate, but to grow through the experiences of others, we all need mentorship. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of thinking you can only mentor somebody younger than you or someone only older than you can mentor you. But you can find that right within your own age and stage of life based on what they are experiencing, what people are doing, what they're going through, what they have already been through. I just think that we need to realize and really embrace the fact that everyone has something that they can offer. And we do not have to diminish someone else's else's light in order to shine brightly ourselves. We really don't. When we all are shining and the whole room is lit up and we can all see much more clearly. So I just really I like that. I like that. To stay away from the whole yeah it it, it speaks to shine theory. It definitely does. When you shine, I shine. And one of the things too I want to add, you know, because Pam's um said it, I'm not sure I've said it as much, but I gotta tell you, we started I believe we started our friendship from, we, you know, we met at church, you know, we are spiritual people. Mm-hmm. We were coming to be fed and grow and listen to these messages that how we can, you know, um, be better people and develop a relationship with Christ and right. God. And I don't think that that is, that was accidental at all in terms of how we became friends and have stayed friends over time and how we've managed that friendship is that spiritual realm of us that we have and we put into practice in our respective okay. lives and in our our friendships as well our yeah friendship. I agree I think that having the context of meeting each other in church and really at a time where I know for me, I was really strongly seeking my identification, but my identification through Christ and my faith, connecting with other sisters that had the same passion and the same drive to move forward their spiritual relationship, that definitely created or helped to create a strong foundation in this relationship for sure. Absolutely. 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 And I'm, I'm so glad that, because Cassandra, that you brought that up specifically, um, because that is, that's the foundation, that's the core, that is the keeping power for each one of us. I have no doubt about that. And even when we could not understand each other, because we are spiritual, we are Christ-centered, we will find it through our prayer life, through our self-examination. I, I think we've gained insight into each other because of what God has shown us with one another. And all that we have spoken about in terms of grace and acceptance and love and endurance, patience, all that we have experienced over these many, many years in our relationship, I don't believe could have been done in the way in which it has been done without us having a God-centered focus 
growing in that area of our lives. We've all grown and that's a wonderful thing. Very true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said, my sisters. What do you think were um, some defining moments in our friendship? Like, what do you think were some moments where we were, or we became more crystallized and more clear about this friendship and what it means to us? Oh, wow. There's so many defining moments, actually, in my memory. I, I will say this. Um, I, I remember it fondly. You know, I it was probably, oh, man, 16, 17 years ago when I was really going through some emotional um, strife and difficulties and just really couldn't see my way. I was barely functioning. I was going to work, but emotionally I was just in a, a, a dark place and I'll never forget y'all um, doing what you could do to get on a plane and come see, <laughs> which was, um, it was, it was, it was awesome. It was awesome just to know that in your darkest moment, there were folks that, and there were sister friends that you could call and um, they would make provisions to be there for you. So that was a great moment for me. I think that was a wonderfully bonding moment for all of us. There Are you two. kidding me? That's where Bridget Jones came from. Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course, that was like the best time ever. Sandra, you're right. <laughs> I, I had no idea of what I had been missing. I did. Shrew so, was the orchestrator of that, wasn't she? For that, yeah, she was. She, I didn't, she I had like, heard, oh, and, and and you guys, I couldn't function, but I could find Bridget Jones, <laughs> <laughs> which showed that your functionality was still very present, <laughs> going through some emotionality there. But um, there are two um, two very specific times where I was uh, one one a lot heavier than another, but. Uh, at a crossroads in my life, when I was trying to determine exactly what I was supposed to do with my life in terms of my calling to work with young children and teach, that very first step, I had to accomplish something called a CDA. And I mentioned this to you a while back, Cassandra, that you actually helped me to put together this whole big portfolio that I had to do. I was not a good typist at the time. And I needed a lot of guidance. Everything was in my head and I needed to make it look right on paper. And Cassandra, you spent like three Sunday afternoons helping me put together that portfolio. And um, I think the last time we talked about it, you couldn't remember this time clearly, uh, but it's outstanding to me because that was the kickoff for my, my career. It really was. Um, accomplish, accomplishing that first academic leg that I needed to accomplish in order to really move forward and make a difference in what I do. And you really poured yourself into putting this thing together for me and doing all of this typing and helping me have a professional presentation and all of that. And that is something that every time I look, I still have that portfolio. And every time I look at it, I cannot look at it without remembering time you invest in me as your friend, as your sister, in Christ, as, as another young Black woman that you wanted to help get ahead. 
And I know it probably didn't mean all that at that moment at during that time period. But the reality is that was the kickoff for everything that I've done since in terms of my my field. And I will be forever grateful for that. So wow. That was a- wow. Wow, Pam. That is, <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot. That's well, a lot. It- I, I did. And I, I remember not remembering it. And then I thought about it. And I was like, you know what? I, I now I do remember what she, but I, at the time I had not, I hadn't thought about that in many, you know, many years. I, I, you know, I hadn't thought about it. It was, you know, I remember us talking about it and I have always been a person, you know, if I can help, I will help and I, I will 100% do that. And I remember, I do remember that time generally with you saying, hey, this is where your career, because I, I forgot earlier when Cheryl was say, saying about your time with um, being a dental, I was like, yeah, I forgot about that part because mm-hmm. you've been in early childhood for so mm-hmm. so long and so many years. It's so effective in that in that way. But I always think about how, you know, if, the, if there is something I can offer, I will free, I will do it. I, I, and I don't, I don't know, that's not this show either, you know, where sometimes we get our drives from, but I never, if, you know, you mentioned it and said, yeah, but I could really use some help. And I think I had some way to help. There was never a chance I was not going to help you. There, it just never was not going to be an option, um, you know, that I, I would not, you know, jump in and do whatever was necessary. And, uh, and if I remember I think those sessions kind of ended with food, which was good too. Always. Because, Always. Yeah, I, I, I remember that. <laughs> in, in a movie, I, think, I think that's yes. when you made me watch Silence of the Lambs, by which I'm so far to this day. But I that, remember that. I, remember. I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, I, yeah. It's amazing to look back and see how, you know, just that that really was the foundation for shaping so much of my life and my own ministry, my career. It really was. And that I still have that. And it means so much to me. Thank you. Thank you. As you know, sometimes I'm not the best of accepting some things. (laughs) We're not the best. I think that's something in our friendship. Well, sometimes when we've tried to, you know, boost each other up, we're kind of like, okay, yeah. uh Because I, you know, I've gone there with you. I've gone there with Cheryl, like, oh, this is so meaningful. And it's like, oh, okay. But sometimes we, you know, and I, I think we're doing better as we aged in, in that area and um, just realizing that, no, we really, really have been there in some critical moments in Absolutely. one another's lives that yeah. without that would have been changed the trajectory and not necessarily in a good way for us. And that is a blessing. Yeah. And Cheryl, I'm, I'm going to take a little more time. There's, as I said, there's been so many, but there's, uh, there's another very defining moment in terms of our relationship. Um, this one is hard. It is when I lost my first daughter and I called you from the hospital room in the wee hours of the morning. And I just knew, I just knew that the, the very sound of your voice um, would be a balm for me in that moment that you would be one of the people who would know how to be present without saying too much and be reassuring without um, negating the weight of what I was going through. And you did that. 
you did that. And it was defining because it was also solidifying, you know, that in a moment such as this, I could reach you. And at this off time, in the wee hours, when I don't even know what I'm really feeling myself, and you would help me identify what it was. And you did that. Yeah, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I was, you know, more than happy to be in that space with you. Um, it was a difficult time for you, more than you could comprehend and anybody else could comprehend just dealing with that type of loss. And so um, we do what we do as friends. We show up and I was happy to do that for sure. For sure. It's always nice hanging out with my, my dear sister friends. Always a great time. And I must say, uh, we were pretty tame. We're usually loud, talking all over each other, talking kind of crazy. This was definitely pretty tame, but I look forward to part two of our big friendship episode. So stay tuned and, and look forward to uh, that episode in the future. So on another note, I must say, please, please, and please get out to the polls and vote. Uh, we definitely can't have another four years like past four years that we've had. Uh, we don't want to replicate that again. So please go vote. And I also wanted to give a special shout out to all the women and warriors and survivors fighting the fight against breast cancer and spreading awareness about the importance of research and early detection. We love you. We support you. And we hold space for you. So until next time, be well and be blessed.